and welcome to Slasher Street Podcast. My name is Ryan Devlin and thank you so much for joining me once again. This is a horror movie podcast where each episode I will be reviewing and discussing in detail a different horror movie from our epic collection here at the house, plus so much more, just one man sitting on his own talking about his love of horror films and I hope you're all having an awesome week and welcome to the show. Now apologies there was no show last week. Um, There's a pretty simple explanation for that. Now, obviously, in the UK, uh, if you live in the UK, you'll know already, but if you don't live in the UK, um, this past week we had a our first step out of lockdown, which basically meant that we could resume sports, we can uh, go outside and meet people, <laughs> just crazy things. Like we can't go in shops, we can't go to pubs, but we can, we can go outside and meet people. So uh, for the first time in ridiculous amount of time this past week I actually played a game of football uh, last Tuesday uh, in this new fiver side that we've started and oh my god I was in so much pain last week it was ridiculous now I've tried to keep myself relatively active and relatively fit throughout the whole of lockdown um, but Jesus Christ I was not expecting to be that sore that stiff and in that much pain from one game of five side football so I literally couldn't move last week I couldn't even bring myself to watch any movie that I, I was just feeling so sorry for myself so that's basically why there was no show last week I actually played a game last night uh, and I feel much better today so it must have just been the shock uh, to my to my muscles and to my joints of actually going out there and doing some damn exercise some proper exercise and not just a, a brisk jog so yeah that's why there was no show last week so apologies about that but I feel great now, uh, so we're right back to it. So this week, there is a show, and we are going to have so much fun with this one, everyone, because I have been so excited all day to talk about this movie. Um, I rewatched it on uh, Monday night, I think it was, so I'm recording this on Wednesday. And as soon as I finished watching the movie, I was just so damn excited to record this episode. I really was. It's a one that I've been really looking forward to for so long now. If you listen to our uh, top 10 of the 2010s podcast, you'll have briefly heard me talk about this movie. Um, I think, I can't actually remember my own ranking now. I think this came in number three. So my third best, my third favourite movie of the whole of the 2010s. Um, And I didn't talk any spoilers, really. I kind of gave a brief plot, uh, like, description that was a really poor poor effort. But I didn't want to give any spoilers away for this movie because you have to watch this, you know, unspoiled, basically. So, yeah, this week on the show, we're going to be talking, as I said, one of my top 10 of the 2010s. Um, It's 2018's 80s nostalgia-ridden horror mystery movie, The Summer of 84. So, as I said, this is a spoiler warning right now because on the top 10 of the 2010s episode that we did, I did not spoil it. I actually gave you guys a warning and said, go and watch this movie because we were doing it on the podcast, um, you know, very soon. So a couple of few weeks later, here we are talking about it. But yeah, we're going to be talking about this movie in full spoiler detail, 100% spoiler detail from this minute on. 
So, if you haven't watched this movie, I would strongly, strongly suggest you switch this podcast off, go and watch it, and then come back. Um, This, as I said, this really is one of them movies that you have to watch unspoiled to get the full effect that this movie is going for. Um... So, yeah, it's available on Shudder, so I actually don't own this. I think you probably can get it on Blu-ray, you probably can get it on DVD, um, but it's actually on Shudder. I believe it's a Shudder exclusive, so, you know, it's not a movie that Shudder actually made, but I think in terms of VOD and stuff, it is a Shudder exclusive. I'm sure it is, it's something along those lines. So, go and sign up to Shudder. You know, I can't say enough good things about Shudder. I've had it now for probably five or six months, maybe even longer, and I absolutely love the whole format of the thing. So um, it's like four ninety nine a month, and you can get it through Amazon Prime, you can get it through their own Shudder app. Um, it's well worth getting. And I say, and then you can go and watch this movie for four ninety nine. This movie is worth four ninety nine on its own, plus all the other ridiculously good content they have on that, um, you know, on that platform for four ninety nine. It's absolutely insane. So yeah, go and watch the movie now. It's about an hour and 40 minutes long, then come back. Okay, go and watch the movie. Go, 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 go. Have you gone? Have they gone? Good. Welcome back. If you've went to watch the movie, welcome back. <laughs> and if the rest of you have already watched the movie, uh, then I hope that you enjoy this episode. Now, I fucking, I'm so excited, so excited to talk about this movie. So... Um, basically, The Summer of 84, it's a movie, it centers around a group of kids who live in kind of standard America suburbia, um, and people, uh, kids over the past 10 years have been going missing, uh, and Davey, who is one of our main characters, believes that his next door neighbour, Mr. Mackey, Mr. Mackey, okay, okay, <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Devlin. Uh, who is also, he's like the town cop. He's like a, everyone's like favourite neighbour. Davey thinks that he is responsible for all these kids uh, going missing and the killings. Uh, and basically from there, the movie is essentially a mystery detective horror movie uh, with these kids spying and investigating Mr. Mackey. It's so fucking good. Um, so I first saw this movie a couple of months ago. And um, I wasn't really sure what to expect. Um, I knew it was an eight, it was set in the 1980s. And, you know, I'd seen the poster. It was one of those ones on Shudder that I'd always seen when I'm gone past. And it was always on my list to watch. So I wasn't really sure what to expect at all. But man, I just fell in love with this movie. Everything about... I mean, I'm good. this is probably going to be the most positive review I've ever done on this show. And if you are a regular regular listener, rather, of this show, you'll know that I am a super optimistic, super positive guy. There's not a lot that I shit on. (laughs) I just love horror movies. But this fucking movie, I loved, 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 loved. This has got to be pretty much 100% a positive review and um, so I hope that you guys feel that way too and you're going to have a lot of fun with me here everything from the group of kids that this movie centers around to the soundtrack to the suspense to the nostalgia setting to the ending man this 
fucking ending just makes this movie. It's one of the boldest endings I have ever seen in a movie. Not just a horror movie, any movie ever. I was shocked. I literally couldn't believe what I was watching. And when the movie finished, I was shaking. I was shooketh. It was just one of it was just something completely out of left field that I didn't expect at all and um, all I could do is stand up in shock and applaud this ending Um, and let me tell you an ending to a movie has not hit me that hard in a very long time it was a gut punch of an ending and we're gonna get into that whole thing believe me we're gonna spoil it we're gonna get into it but yeah the ending of this movie was just insane it was so insane and i was just shocked and it takes a lot to shock me it takes a lot to shock people i think these days but that ending was so bold and we're going we're going to get into it we'll talk about it in just a couple of moments but first off let's talk about the kids the movie the kids that this movie centers around davy tommy woody and uh, faraday these are just such an incredible group of characters each one of them is fleshed out perfectly. The movie is around about an hour and 40 minutes long, so it's a decent length movie. It might just be it might be slightly longer than that, it might be an hour and 45, but these characters are fleshed out so well. Each one of them has their own little backstory, has their own characteristics. They are sold so really well. And they actually feel like a real group of friends. Like, even though these are actors that potentially have never worked together before, this group of kids just they feel like best friends they feel like real people they feel like a real gang of kids would act in like the 1980s everything hits home the banter between them is on point the jokes land really well like when they're they're spying on the the hot girl next door um the and they're talking about you know the typical mum jokes you know like oh yeah you're you know it's like oh your mum couldn't walk this morning after i'd finished with her or something like that kind of thing um but you know typical mum jokes they land really really well and i'm gonna say this right now and i think i i think i said this in the top 10 of the 2010s episode um but i'm gonna say i'm gonna say it again right now um that i feel like the kids in this movie exceed and are better than the kids in both it and stranger things they are that damn good now talking about stranger things this movie has a real stranger things vibe to it because of the obviously the 80s setting but it works perfectly the the 80s synth style music it's very stranger things-esque and the the arcades the way the movie is shot as i say it's very very similar to stranger things and that puts you in a real false sense of security because um because you feel like you're watching this coming of age, you know, um, light-hearted, not comedy because obviously you know the that there's kids going missing and there is some really suspenseful uh, and really impactful scenes, but you know, it kind of because it's got that Stranger Things vibe because of the banter, because of the jokes, because everything's landing perfectly. It puts you into this false sense of security that you feel like there's just going to be this happy ending. You know, it's and everything's going to um, be okay. They're gonna they're gonna catch the bad guy one way or the other, whether they whether um, 
you know, they're correct in thinking Mr. Mackey's the killer or whether it's somebody else. Either way, you get the impression that it's going to be a happy ending. They're going to catch the bad guy and everything's going to be okay. They're going to save the day. Everything will be great. But that isn't what happens in this movie. Um, so... Let, I tell you what, let's talk about um, the ending of this movie because, you know, I've got a few things I want to talk about, but I've kind of really touched on it, you know, briefly there. Um, the ending um, is just ridiculous. So, in the end, we find out that shock, horror, spoiler alert coming, Mr. Mackey was the killer all along. Now, uh, the thing that this movie does very, very well is... It goes back and forward, back and forward, and you are always doubting yourself. So you kind of feel like you are going along for the ride with these kids as they are investigating if Mr. Mackey is the killer. Um, I didn't quite get that the second time around, I'll be honest with you, because it was pretty actually obvious from the start, um, as we'll get into who the killer was. Um, but on the first watch, you really miss these things, and they're not... Although they are there in plain sight, it's really back and forward and you're always um, questioning whether Mr. Mackey is actually the killer. And at one point, even uh, I even thought that the killer might be Nikki, who's the girl next door, as there are some scenes in the movie where she is a bit suspicious uh, looking uh, and all that, but no, it ends up being Mr. Mackey. So again, it's it was, it was there in plain sight. And I feel like that catches you off guard because you think that there's going to be some sort of, you know, twist. You think it's too obvious to be Mr. Mackey. It's too obvious to be Mr. Mackey. And then when eventually it is Mr. Mackey, it's almost a bit, like, deflating in a weird way because you're kind of like, oh, it was Mr. Mackey all along. Oh, right, that was a bit strange. Because it was so obvious it was him that it felt like it shouldn't be him. It felt like it should be something else and at one point i almost thought that the kids might have ended up teaming up with mr mackey to catch the killer as another option um but no it was mr mackey the cop he was the killer um and so the um the ending of the movie is so bold because we think that the movie's over we think that the movie's over we think that mr mackey um you know we find out mr mackey's the killer and then there's like this almost this second ending which is just insane where mr mackey takes down, um, he kidnaps um, Davy and Woody and then he takes them onto this desert island and then he ends up killing one of the main characters. It's super fucking dark. Um, the ending, you know, I think of this movie will dictate whether you enjoy the movie or not. I really think it will because it's not a happy ending. And that's the thing. For and for 90 minutes, you are in on this adventure with these kids. And then... For the final 15 minutes, the movie takes a really dark turn and we find out that Mackie was the killer and things just don't work out as you would think they would. Um, so one of our main characters, Woody, who is one of my personal favourite characters in the whole movie, gets killed. And that's a shock because um, it's so bold and it's so out there in that direction because... He was the most lovable character out the whole gang. And he gets killed brutally by Mr. Mackey. 
And I, I was shocked, I was sad, and it felt like a real gut punch because you've been on this journey with these characters. And then basically Mr. Mackey, you know, he says, you know, I'm not going to kill you, Davy. And Davy has to live the rest of his life knowing that Mr. Mackey is going to come back one day and kill him. It's so fucking dark, but what a way to end the movie. It really was just an insane ending. Now, normally we do talk about all this on the blow-by-blow, which we are going to get into, but I just wanted to talk about that ending because that ending is something that hits you so hard and is so shocking, and it's just such a, a bold decision that they could have went down, you know, the typical Stranger Things happy ending route. The kids are all back together. The kids are happy... Same with it, you know, in it, the kids win in it. The kids, even though they go up against Pennywise, the kids win. The kids don't win in this movie. The kids are the victims badly. The whole area, like, it's not just the victims, it's not just the kids, it's the parents and the repercussions of what happens because of their meddling and their and their constant investigation of Mackie and how that pisses him off and how eventually Mr. Mackie, nobody wins actually because Mr. Mackie doesn't win either because he's now, the, the, the police have outed him, they know he's the killer. It's just this insane, dark ending and I was just Wow, I just absolutely loved it. But you know what? We're going to get into the blow-by-blow because there's so much to talk about this movie and I'm kind of all over the place with this one because I just have so much I want to say, whether it's the characters, the ending, the soundtrack, everything about this movie I absolutely adore. Um, So anyway... That's a little bit about the movie. I've kind of went into a more of a blow-by-blow kind of area there. I've tried not to, but damn that fucking ending, man. I have to talk about it. Um, So anyway... Let's talk a little bit about the movie in terms of the details. I couldn't actually find any budget um, or confirmed box office for this movie. I think it was only released on VOD. Obviously, it's now on Shudder. And I think it had a very limited uh, theatre run. And I think it had a run on like the film festivals and stuff like that. But it didn't... I couldn't find any budget. I couldn't... No no idea what, what, what is the uh, budget of this one. So I just kind of left that blank. Uh, the movie was directed by... Uh, it's a Canadian movie. So I think these are French-Canadian directors, I believe. I could be totally wrong there, but that's kind of... So uh, the movie was directed by Francois Simard and Ankut Whistle. So apologies if I completely messed their names up. I probably have. Uh, written by Matt Leslie and Stephen J. Smith. And the movie stars... Graham Versha as Davey, uh, Judah Lewis as Tommy, who obviously he plays Cole in both the Babysitter movies, so he's a really recognisable face in this movie. He's done quite a lot since this movie, um, or during this movie. I think the Babysitter came out about the same kind of time, and the Babysitter 2 came out last year, was it? Yeah, I think it was. 2020 must have been. Uh, we have Kayla Emery as Woody, who, as I said, was one of my personal favourite characters in this whole movie. Uh, Corey Gruter-Andrew as Faraday. Uh, Tiara Scovby as Nikki, who was actually in Once Upon a Time. And she's really quite young. Um, she's only like 23 in real life. But I remember her in Once Upon a Time, and she came across as an older character in that movie. Not old, old, but, you know... Definitely older than she actually is now. She came across as probably late 20s in, in that show. Um, where she plays like a 18, 19 year old in this movie, I think. Something along those lines. Maybe 18, something. Maybe even younger. But she, yeah, she definitely plays um, 
an older character in Once Upon a Time, and uh, Rich Samar as Mr. Mackey. So let's get on and let's talk about the movie itself, blow by blow, and then we're going to get into some trivia about the movie. Now, the trivia that I have compiled this week, which we're going to get into at the end of the show, I couldn't believe it just made me love the movie even more it really did because i was just like holy shit there's so many little easter eggs so many things that they put into this movie that i completely missed that just made me love this movie even more so yeah we're going to talk about all that uh coming up in the trivia and let's get into it right now the blow by blow of this movie i've kind of talked about the ending already but we're going to talk about it a bit more later on. Uh, I've tried to keep it as brief as I possibly could, would you believe? So yeah, let's get into it. Let's talk the blow, blow by blow of the summer of 84. Okay, so let's get straight into this because there is so much to talk about. And uh, I actually thought I was going to struggle with the blow by blow, 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 by blow uh, in this episode purely because... You know, it's not like your typical slasher format where things happen, you know, boom, 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 like kill, 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 um, or, you know, that kind of thing. So it was, I thought this could be a bit of a difficult one to talk about and try and get this moving along. So I'm going to do my best, but because there's not really a lot of kills, it's all about the kids, it's all about the investigation, so... Yeah, we'll see how we get on, but I've got about four pages worth of notes to bash through, so we should be okay, we should, uh, it should keep us going, we should be fairly safe here, I would imagine, so, as I say, um, the movie starts with, we meet Davey, and we meet all of his friends, uh, and the, again, I can't say enough good things about the chemistry between these kids, from the very first scene, you just fall in love with these kids. They're up in the treehouse. They've been playing this manhunt game around the uh, around the neighbourhood. And they are just an awesome bunch of kids. You know, you've got um, Davey, who's like this conspiracy theory nut. Uh, he just, you know, he just loves um, to kind of come up with these elaborate situations and stuff like that. And, you know... He just wants an adventure, basically. Then you have Woody, who is like the chubby one. He's like the geeky... You know, he's not like the geeky one, but he's like... Just like... You know, he's the quiet, chubby kid. Uh, then you have Faraday, who is more of, I say, the nerdyish one. Uh, and then you have Tommy, who's like the tough guy, the bullshitter. You know, he's like saying how much he's like screwing girls and stuff like that. But he hasn't screwed a girl in his life. You know, it's just the typical friend tropes. They're all just fantastic together. They really are. Um, I just love every single one of these fucking kids, man. They're just so damn good. Um so, Davey, he sees this kid in Mackie's house, and he is... We don't see it straight away, but in a couple of scenes later, we see that this kid that we see in Mackie's house is... Um the same kid that is on the side of the milk carton. You know, back in the 80s, they had those milk carton adverts to say kids were missing. How fucking grim is that? Like, how grim is that? We didn't ever have that in the UK. As far as I'm aware, um, we didn't have that. But I know in America, I don't know if they still do have that, where you have, like, pictures of missing kids on the side of milk cartons. It's like, oh, yes, yeah, I would like to have my Frosties or my Cheerios or... <laughs> what uh, Fruity Pebbles you guys have in America, isn't it? And all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, oh, nice bowl of Fruity Pebbles, you know, there for your breakfast. Oh, do you want some milk on your cereal? Oh, yeah, oh, I'm really looking forward to go for my day out at school, my day out with my friends. Oh, there's a missing kid. How depressing. Now, is he dead? Is he alive? You know, it's a bit of an exciting uh, investigation going on in your kitchen while you're having your morning cereal. 
How dark? I mean, I know that that's not just for this movie. That's actually something that happens. And it's not something that we have here in the UK, which is just crazy. But I think it is something that... I don't know if it still does happen in America. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But it certainly did in the 1980s. And I was just like, whoa. (laughs) That's fucking dark. Enjoy a missing kid with your breakfast cereal. Um, So... There is a letter sent to the local newspaper uh, and the local police where it basically confirms that the Cape May Slayer, as he has called himself, has killed and taken credit for all of these missing children, these missing boys over the last 10 years. He's the one who did it, he's killed them all, and he's basically taken credit for all these missing kids. And they're saying that he's done this because he's bored, because he's sick of getting away with it. He wants to make it a bit more exciting. He wants people to know that he's out there and these boys aren't just running away from home. He is abducting them, he is killing them. And straight away, based on the description uh, that the newspaper give the public about the Cape May Slayer, they say he's going to live alone, he's in his 30s, he's a, you know, he's like a, a, a white male, all this kind of stuff. Davy just then assumes that Mr. Mackey is the killer. He is the next door neighbour. There's also a great scene that kicks this movie off, um, which wraps around at the end of the movie as well, where Davy's driving around on his bicycle doing his newspaper round, basically saying, you know, suburbia is the most exciting it's the most exciting place or something like that said you could be living next door to a serial killer and you wouldn't even know it and he's kind of got this in his head and this is where the movie goes does things really well because it's almost just too ridiculous that mr mackey is the um the killer but because all the evidence keeps stacking up as we go through the movie you kind of start to think well is he the killer but then you also think well Surely he isn't the killer because that was only off a hunch from Davy that he was the killer and then they investigated it and then started to get more and more clues. So that's what this movie does really well. It really makes you second guess yourself as to um, who is the killer and what what's going on here. So yeah, that is very well done. But anyway, so the Kit May Slayer... He is um, on the loose, and Davy, he just thinks this is the coolest thing ever. He is, um, you know, so excited that there's a killer on loose. He's saying it's like the most exciting thing that's ever happened to um, to him and the town. And it's like, come on, man. There's a killer on the loose. Like, you don't... This, this is not exciting. If there was a killer on the loose in Carlisle, I would be locking my fucking door and staying in. <laughs> like, there'd be no way... I would be leaving this fucking house if there was a killer on the loose in this town. Absolutely not. Um, so, da, 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 da. yeah, so Davy goes into Mr. Mackey's house. This is the first time we see Mr. Mackey. Uh, and we, he goes into his house to get a, his, his, uh, his newspaper money because he's delivered the papers. And, again, this is one of the reasons why we think Mr. Mackey is fairly innocent because he goes into the house and Mr. Mac is like, oh, will you give me a hand moving this table downstairs? And Davey's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. So he takes it into the basement. At this point in time, you think he's going to notice something. He notices a door and a dark room. But Mr. Mackey is so cool with him. Like, he is a cool guy. You just kind of think, well, it can't be him because he's, you know, he's such a cool guy to him. Like, he's if he was a killer killing young boys... 
what better way to do it than be, you've got the guy in the basement there, kill him now. But he doesn't. So that kind of makes you think, hmm, maybe, maybe he's not the killer. Who knows? Um, and this is the thing that kind of got me on the second watch. Um, we noticed that you notice things on the second watch in Mackie's house that you didn't notice on the first go around. Or things that you maybe just didn't put two and two together. It's things that are hiding in plain sight that are so obvious that Mr. Mackie is the killer. And there's something that happens within the first 10 to 15 minutes of this movie. And I was like, holy shit, how did I not see that the first time I watched it? Because it is so obvious. So Davey's in Mr. Mackie's house and he picks a picture up of this family. And he says to Mr. Mackie, Mr. Mackie's like, oh, I think he says, oh, yeah, that's relatives you say you don't want to live too close to them because how you've got a big family because you've got all the pictures on the wall you don't want to live too close to your relatives because they come around and bother you and then in the next scene or one of the next scenes anyway so we see a picture of this family we see a picture of this family and uh, they're a pretty recognizable family or at least the dad looks pretty recognizable anyway and the next scene we're in the library with faraday with all of the with all the kids and they're looking through all the newspaper clippings of all of the people who have either been killed or abducted by the cape may slayer and one of them is this family and it's a blink and you miss it moment it's literally because they're on the uh, the newspaper reader you know those really old paper readers where it kind of zooms in on the paper it's like a computer but it's not it's like a projector but it's not you know what i mean those newspaper reader zoomy thing yeah i don't know what the real term is for them but a newspaper reedy zoomy machine projector thingy we bought and uh, we see this family it's it's on the screen for about two seconds but we see this family that was in Mr. Mackey's house framed picture that we see on screen and we saw it in the library as well. It's the same family. So instantly that tells you that Mr. Mackey is the killer because it's the the family that he's got framed in his house is the same family that got killed, the same family that's publicised in the newspaper. And this kind of made me question a little bit. The only thing that made me question this movie because... So essentially that confirms that Mr. Mackey's the killer because it's the same family and he's got them he's got them on there. So yeah, Davey probably wouldn't put two and two together because he's just a kid. But Mr. Mackey's a cop. So and he has all of the pictures of all of his victims on the wall, which we find out later in the movie. As I said, this is going to be totally back and forward in terms of this blow by blow. And so that's fine for a kid who's just gone in, you know, why would he suspect it? You know, he said it's his family, picking up his newspaper money, you know, all good. But Mr. Mack is a cop, so presumably he gets he has his cop buddies round for a drink. Like some I would assume so. Like surely at some point in time his colleagues have been into his house because he lives alone in a relatively big house. Surely he has a party or has people round, maybe. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't because obviously he's a serial killer, so maybe he doesn't want to do that, but if he did, would the police not look and go, why have you got a picture of this family here? Why have you got a picture on of this of this dead family in your house, you know, Wayne? <laughs> it's like, I don't know, but it, it was just one of those. I thought that was the only slight, slight plot hole, but you could easily cover that up by just saying, well, he's a serial killer. He's obviously not going to have people round his house, especially cops, to come and snoop around his house where he's pe- keeping people hostage in the basement. So, you know... Hmm, I don't know. But it was just one of those. And I thought, oh, that was a bit of a strange one. But yeah, 
instantly within the first 10-15 minutes of the movie we see that and then that kind of shows and confirms to us that Mr. Mackey is the killer but that's only something you see on the first time on the second time watching the first time watching it unless you're completely different to me you maybe noticed it um it's a, one of those things that you just don't put together because you're not really paying too much attention to A, the picture that Davy holds up and B, the newspaper prompter thing because you are more focused on what Mr. Mackey's saying and where Mr. Mackey is. You're not really looking at the picture and same in the, in the library, you talk, you're more talking about, you're more listening rather to Faraday and davy's conversation than you are what's on the prompter thing so it's very cleverly done it's hidden in plain sight but i noticed it on the second time uh watching it and uh so and yeah they find out that mr mackey he buys 100 pounds of dirt every week and uh he fits the description you know perfectly for the kate may slayer but he's the best cop in town so but they do agree that they should at least investigate it this group of kids because you know why would he buy a hundred pounds of dirt every week you know he fits the killer bill perfectly so they decide to go and spy on mr mackey uh and they get his daily routine down and it's just they think they're gonna catch they're basically like, we're gonna catch this fucker and we're gonna become heroes um and it's such at this point in the movie it's such a light-hearted tone. Even though we know that there's a killer on the loose, even though we know, you know, that these kids are in danger, it's a light-hearted tone. And for that is because they not steal or copy, but they use the same, um, the same uh, tone as they do in Stranger Things. And because everybody knows what Stranger Things is, everybody watches Stranger Things, it puts you instantly in this false sense of security that you think this is how this movie's going to go even though it's not. So that's a really, I really like that. I really like that turn. Um, Yeah, they look through his trash in the middle of the night and then just dump his trash on the street. And I was like, you literally, it's like a (laughs) cul-de-sac. So uh, Mr. Mackey lives at the top of the cul-de-sac. Davey lives in one of the houses on the cul-de-sac. Nikki lives in one of the houses as well, uh, the girl next door. And yeah, they they throw away all of his trash onto the... (laughs) onto the onto the front and they say oh we'll just blame it on they say blame it on raccoons or something like that i was like well that's fine but you're doing it in the middle of the streets like someone can just look out their window and see that you're looking through this guy's trash like at least take it somewhere <laughs> so, i was like what are, you, what are you gonna do with this and 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 so we also find out a little bit about woody's backstory as well we find out that his mum seems like an alcoholic she seems quite unstable um and she's going through a lot of stuff now i'm not sure if that's because either her husband might have died because we don't ever see woody's dad and i don't think they mention the dad in the show in the movie they just say that you know woody always looks after his mum and stuff like that and it's super sad like at this point in the movie this is the scene where you fall in love with woody and it plants that seed in your head. It really does. Because Woody gets home and he's going to he's meant to be going to sleep over at Davy's house. He wants to sleep over at Davy's because he he's you know he's essentially scared. He's worried. He's, he's shook up about everything that they're doing. And he gets home and his mum is, you know, crying and drinking what looks like straight vodka on the on the couch, and she's completely gone. And it's just just the facial expressions of um 
uh, Caleb Emery, who plays Woody, he plays it so damn well. And uh, my heart was breaking for him because he's such a lovable character and he just loves his mum. And he does tuck, he, he lies her on the couch and tucks her in with the cover. And he's like, Oh, I love your mum. I love your mum. And I was just, honestly, I was nearly in tears. I really was because I'm in tears just thinking about it nearly because he just loves his mum so much. And she's all he's got, and it's just... Or he's all she's got, rather. He's obviously got his friends, and... Yeah, it didn't really delve into why she was like that, but only that he his mum really needed him, so you can only assume that either the dad's walked out or the dad's died. And yeah, and she was like, oh, you're such a good kid, I love you so much. Like, there's no abuse here as well. Like, you would think an alcoholic parent, there'd be some form of abuse, maybe, that trope. Uh, I'm not saying that that happens all the time, but, you know, generally, if a, if a parent is an alcoholic, especially in a movie, they tend to be an abusive parent. There's none of that here. There's just pure love between Woody and his mum. And, yeah, and that's what makes the end of the movie even more heartbreaking because of the love for his mum and how much she needs him. And yeah, man, just, oh, he's such a good kid. And yeah, it, it was just a, one of those scenes where we got a little bit of, of backstory on Woody. Just a little bit. You know, it didn't really give us flashbacks or delve too deep into it. But it gave us enough to really fall in love with the Woody character. And yeah, I couldn't say enough good things how well that scene was played out how heartfelt it was it's literally a 30 second scene i've talked about it about three minutes there it's a 30 second scene super quick but it's just a scene that fleshed out that character so well and made us love the character even more for a quick 30 second scene man it was impactful um so oh and <laughs> since where we meet nikki and uh, she comes round to Davy's house, and she is just teasing this boy. Jesus Christ! She just waltzes up the stairs. She's like, "Oh, your parents are out." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, they're out. They're in town." She's like, "Oh, good." And she just waltzes up the stairs, <laughs> straight into his bedroom, and she looks out the window, and she can. Oh, she's like, "You got a really good view of my bedroom, you know, from this window," and. Davey basically blurts out saying something along the lines of, uh, I've never seen you naked. I've never watched you get naked or something like that. And then Nikki just goes, oh, that's a shame. I've got a great body. And I was like, what? <laughs> this girl is like, I mean, fair play to Davey, man. And also to Nikki, you know, they obviously are into each other, but she used to be his babysitter. So he's 15. So presumably she's like, what, 19 or 20? Gotta be at least 20. You would think the character's got to be at least 20 because she's saying, you know, they used to babysit. She used to babysit him. So you've got your hot-ass ex-babysitter in your bedroom telling you to spy on her because she's got a great body or, you know, saying how much she wants you. I was like, man alive. He is living the ultimate fantasy. <laughs> right there. At least the ultimate um, American fantasy because in this country, um, you don't get hot-ass babysitters. You get grandparents babysitting you. So it's not really uh, a, a thing in this country. Maybe some... there. I think there is some babysitters out there who, are, who do it as a job. But I'm not saying that doesn't happen. But generally... You don't get hot-ass babysitters. You get your grandparents. Uh, that's who you get to babysit you. 
<laughs> uh, we see another kid he gets abducted actually i think we only get the one abduction even though the whole movie is centered around it we see this one kid get abducted and he literally gets uh, abducted out of nowhere he's out on the street so late at night i think he's been around his friend's house studying he's on his way home uh and then he just gets abducted just out of nowhere um and it's a really shocking scene actually because he's it's quite you know he's just walking home and then he knows that there's someone following him gets abducted and that's the only kid we see get abducted but again that wraps around at the end of the um of the movie so the kids as well they tail mackie in woody's mom's car and they get pulled over and this super nice cop they it's a great scene as well because um you think that mackie is actually tailing them in the end and like obviously he is well on to them at this point but no it was this super nice cop uh and you know he obviously knows woody's mum and you know he's like just saying you need to get home you need to stay safe all this super really good really nice cop and uh yeah i just thought that was like that was actually quite a good scene um it was quite suspenseful when you think that mackie was tailing them but you know ended up being this nice cop so that was pretty cool um Da, 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 da. Nikki as well. So at this point in time, you would you would actually you would think that there's a scene now where you actually question this whole thing, whether Mackie is or isn't the killer, because we see Nikki and she basically is insistent that it's not Mackie. She's saying it's not Mackie. Like she's not even like entertaining Davy. Davy's telling her it's Maggie I've got you know this is why we think it and she's not even entertaining the idea and basically she says Davy, you've got to stop and the movie as I say back and forths um that she could be in on it because she basically says to Davy that I don't want anything bad to happen to you and I interpreted that with the way she said it and the way she looked, as in, back the fuck off, stop investigating this, because if you don't, I'm going to kill you, or I'm going to get somebody to kill you. And that is how I interpreted it. Maybe on the second viewing, I still felt that way. So there was, even though on the second viewing it was obvious after the, you know, the first scene that I saw it was Mackie, I still looked at it through the lens of, okay, I have to watch this almost objectively as if i haven't seen the movie before and i still felt the way her tone was the what she said still made it feel like she could have been the killer or in in on it in some way there's so many so many moments in the movie because again um they go over to the abandoned neighbor's house as well because they think that they've been abducted because you know families have been abducted previously and uh, Nikki is there. She's in the house. And she says, yeah, I just clean for the cats. And, you know, it's just all just too coincidental. The, the scene before, Nikki's saying, back the fuck off. Then in this scene, she's saying, you know, she's in the house, the abandoned house, and she cleans for the cats and feeds the cats. You're like, mm, it's all just too coincidental, what you're saying here. Um, so they, but you know, that was quite an intense scene, actually. That was a very intense scene because they are walking through this abandoned house 
uh, thinking they're going to find a dead body. So I think that was that was a really intense scene. And then Nikki comes out of nowhere. And you can kind of interpret that as well as she caught them before they found something. So it definitely feels like they're back and forward on this as to maybe Nikki could be the killer. That's how I saw it, anyway. Um, and they try and plant a walkie-talkie outside of Mackie's bedroom. So 1980s, just so, so damn good. Um, and they find that uh, Mackie's basement windows are painted over, blacked up, uh, painted over, and he's got a ton of cleaning equipment in his house. Um, and he's got like a grave, almost like a grave-style hole in his back garden. Uh, and that's the thing as well, like, again, so we've, it's just back and forward, back and forward, back and forward all the time, like, oh, well, you know, maybe it is him, he's got this grave hole in his garden, maybe it's not, maybe he's doing his gardening, it's just, oh, I can't say enough good things, this movie is so well done. Uh, and Mackie, we actually see Mackie is spying on Davy because Davy ends up spying on him. And then as he turns to the corner with his binoculars, Mackie is looking into his bedroom from his bedroom, <laughs> spying on Davy. So that's like just this crew, this really cool moment. And again, at that point in time, you're like, hmm, that's a bit too obvious as to uh, maybe it's Mackie again now. Um, so, uh, oh, we find a t-shirt in Mackie's shed as well. We find a t-shirt that belongs to one of the missing kids. It's got blood on it. So this whole thing is so intense um, where they are searching for all these missing things. They find a piece of evidence. It's got blood on it. It's just, oh, it's so damn good. And they find that he's keeping sodium hypo- hypoxide or hydroxide or whatever it's called in his... Um, garage in his like lock-up area uh breaking bad style body melting chemicals it's like why would a police officer need these chemicals because he's breaking up body parts in his you know basement it's just oh again it's like well maybe he's using it to just clean something (laughs) it's just one of those things uh and they ended up this is the moment in the movie where it really starts to get going because they go to uh, Davy's parents and they give them all the information. They say, look, here's a blooded T-shirt. He's got hydrox- whatever is, sodium hydroxide in his garage. He's, you know, digging holes in his garden. They've got all this evidence against him. Let's go catch this motherfucker. And the dad's just fuming, absolutely fuming, does not believe that... That, that Mr. Mackey is the killer. And again, this is a one of those things, I kind of think I said it on the Silent Night, Deadly Night episode, that the parents don't ever believe kids in these movies. They should totally believe them, but they never do. And it's always a lesson that is learned the hard way. The parents never, ever listen, never take the kids seriously. And to be honest with you, like I would probably agree. Like if my like some, some for some situations in horror movies, um, you know the way the kids come up and tell you this story, you're like, oh, that's a load of bollocks. You know, like you wouldn't believe them. Like in terms of like Chucky in Child's Play, you would never believe Andy Barclay um, that Chucky was alive. Like if my daughter said that you know there was a doll alive in 
her bedroom, I would think, okay, uh, that's a bit weird, but, you know, it's obviously not alive, she's just pretending. Um, whereas if she came to me and said, hey, Dad, we've been investigating this guy, here's a T-shirt that the kid was wearing, it's covered in blood, we've got all this other evidence against Mr. Mackey, you would at least half entertain it. You would half entertain it. But instead... Because that's a serious shit. Like, it's not like they've got no evidence. They have a t-shirt covered in blood. And instead, he drives them all, takes them all over to Mr. Mackey's house, walks them all across the road, and makes him basically admit to Mr. Mackey that he thought he was the Cape May Slayer. Here's all this evidence against him. And he has made to apologise to him. I was like, what the fuck? Like, Jesus Christ. I was just... I mean, it's one thing, you know, not believing your son. And, you know, you would probably be cautious. You would be cautious. He's been your neighbour for 15, 20 years. So that's one thing. But, I mean, taking him over there and making him admit that he's been spying on him, that he stole something from his house, that he thinks he's the killer. Like, even if there was a 1% chance that Mr. Mackey was the killer... There was more than that, obviously. But in in another situation, if there was only a 1% chance Mr. Mackey was the killer, you would not risk taking your son over there. Because now he knows that he knows. He's obviously onto him. Like, he's going to try and attack Davey. It's just the most stupid decision they could have possibly made. One of the most stupid decisions I've seen in a movie for a damn long time. Um, and uh, Mr. Mackey takes it actually very well. He laughs, obviously. He laughs it off. How else would he uh, react? He says, well, the guys at the station are going to love this. Um, and he basically says it was his nephew in the house, even though he has no family close by. So again, he's contradicted himself to Davy twice there by saying, you know, family doesn't live close by, but his nephew was in the house. Interesting scene at the start of the movie though where we see the kid in Mr. Mackey's house um, he's not distressed in any way shape or form he's sitting on the table eating a bowl of cereal I believe so like he wasn't obviously scared or distressed about Mr. Mackey so that planted that little bit in your head that it's like well maybe he's telling truth because thinking back to the start of the movie the kid wasn't distressed he was just sitting on a bowl on a chair eating a bowl of cereal if you had kidnapped someone, um, abducted them, and are going to kill them, you generally don't sit them on your table next to a window and give them a bowl of cereal. So that, again, made you doubt that as well. The back and forth, I keep saying it, I can't, <laughs> I'm going to have to stop saying it because I'm repeating myself all the time, but the back and forth on this is fucking fantastic. Um... And da, 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 and Davy he ends up being grounded until further notice. Uh, but then Mr. Mackey comes by to the house, and this was a fucking great scene. Like this was so well done. Mr. Mackey comes to the house, uh, basically to say no hard feelings, um, and he is so dedicated to catching the killer, all that kind of stuff, and says, you know, what would make you feel better? What would make you trust me more? Um, and Dave's like, oh, you could call your nephew. You said that your nephew was around the house. Could you give him a call? And then we can clear all that up. And that was a great move by Davey, actually. Um, so, um, he... Two great moves, actually, by Davey, because Mr. Mackey gets the phone and uh, calls his nephew, and uh, there's no answer, and says, oh, he must be out uh, at practice or wherever like that. 
And yeah, puts the phone down. He says, I'll come back again later. We'll try it again later. And David's like, no, 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 it's fine. And then a genius move by Davey, an absolutely genius move by Davey. He calls the operator back and says, can you please tell me the number that was dialed on this phone last? And the operator gives him the number and it's like just, it's so well shot how this is revealed. So the operator's giving him the number over the phone. He writes it, the number on the fridge. And it's not like we go, oh shit. Like, it's not like he spells it out to us. We have to look on the fridge and we see that the number matches Mr. Mackey's number. So Mr. Mackey actually called himself. But it wasn't like thrown down your throats or anything like that to say, look at this, look at this. It was just like, there's the number, there's Mr. Mackey's number. And it was like in the middle of another five numbers or something like that. So I was just like, what a great way to reveal it because we had to do a bit of reading ourselves. We had to do a little bit of investigating ourselves. And I just really, really loved that. Um, Just the fact that we felt a part of that moment with Davey because we were reading it with him. And it was like, oh shit, he's called his own number. That's dodgy. I just, yeah. I loved it. Just a, like I say, just a great, great scene. And uh, we get Mr. Mackey, we get this newscast that Mr. Mackey has arrested someone uh, for the murders. He's, you know, not like he's now people are saying to Davey, he's not a killer, he's a hero, and someone has been arrested for it. Now, this was a strange one because... What evidence? I mean, he must have planted evidence on someone. That's what you would assume. He's planted evidence on somebody and then he's taken the rap. But surely the guy who got arrested would be like, what the fuck? Like, I'm not a killer. Like, what the talk? What are you talking about? But anyway, he arrested someone, he charged someone, and that gives people that sense of security. It's like, well, the streets are safe, you know, there's, there's no... No killer out there now. Don't need to worry about it. And that completely fucks up Davy's plans. And that was a a pretty smart decision by uh, Mr. Mackey because obviously now the kids are going to turn on Davy because, you know, there's been someone arrested. The parents are going to turn on Davy because he was wrong. Davy's going to question his own sanity. He's played an absolute blinder as Mr. Mackey in this... Uh, in this uh, situation. Um, but they do agree, actually, to to help Davy one last time because he's going, right, whilst the fair's on, I'm going to go into Mr. Mackey's basement and I'm going to film the evidence and then if there's nothing in there, I'll drop it and then we'll move on with our lives. So, you know, he was still committed. I mean, that's something because... As a 15-year-old kid, even if you were so convinced, someone being arrested, you still want to go and spy on Mr. Mackey's um, house. But yeah, so they all kind of agree that they would play their part in this and that they would go and help um, Davy get into the basement, film it, and then they can just move on with their lives. And uh, we get this we get a scene actually here where we find out that Tommy is actually coming from an abusive family. Uh, and this was... Again, something that just added another layer to his character, fleshed that out a little bit. And it was a really sad scene, actually, because he obviously plays the tough guy, um, you know, the the big man, the, the womanizer kind of character. And, yeah, he's walking out of his house and his parents are screaming, things are getting thrown, punches are getting fired. And uh, 
he's walking out of his house crying and it's just like he's trying to keep up with this tough guy persona but he's just so upset it's it's a really sad scene and again it's only like 20 seconds long but it just adds another layer to the tommy character that we don't see in in the rest of in any other movie before it um so and uh, i'm just having a look through my notes to make sure that i've got everything down there um yeah so we find out that um Faraday, he's he's basically been tasked with going to the fair and keeping an eye on Mackie whilst uh, Davy and Woody go into the basement to film. And they find out that the reason that he's been using all of this dirt is because he's been doing this police uh, flower garden downtown. So at this point in time, Faraday's just like, it's off, let's forget about it. There's no way that he's the killer, just just you know, just forget about it. Um, and he basically stops spying on Mackie because um, because he thinks that he's innocent, because he's saying, you know, it's over, it's innocent. And then we get this really nice scene with uh, Faraday and tommy where they kind of meet outside and tommy's like can i stay at your house tonight and it's just they're just good they just love friends they're just lovable friends you know they'll stay together through through thick and thin and they'll help each other out they'll stay in each other's houses and it was very reminiscent of woody trying to stay at david's house earlier in the movie uh, for totally different reasons but whatever the situation they're there for each other it was just quite a heartfelt moment really i just felt yeah just really um Quite a little sad moment there. So, anyway, they go. Tommy and Woody goes over to uh, Mr. Mackey's house, and um, <clears throat> who is there? But Nikki, would you believe? Nikki is there, and she offers to help them. Now, at this point in time, I'm thinking, well, they've kind of assumed that Mackie is safe, um, is you know, is is not guilty. So, but but Nikki is still quite suspicious and wants to go in the house with them. I just thought, yeah, it was all leading up to something here. Does add that slight doubt in your mind still, even after everything you've been through, it's still that doubt in your mind. And obviously, you kind of think, well, is this person who was arrested related to Nikki? Did he take the fall for Nikki? Who knows? This, even so late on, sorry, even so late on in the movie, there is still that element of doubt in what's going to happen here. It's really, really, really well written, um, and so. They go into Mackie's house, they go down into the basement, they've got the camcorder, they're going to film all the evidence either way, whether he's guilty or not, and they find a bedroom and a bathroom in his house in the basement. And at this point in time, this is when the movie takes a dark turn, because you're just expecting either nothing to happen, you're just like, what's going on here? And... Yeah, so they, they go into this bathroom and they find pictures of victims that have gone missing. They find um, a decomposed body in the bath and they find the um, the kid who went missing earlier in the movie who we saw get abducted. Uh, he's in the basement and it's just this crazy, crazy reveal. It's all like going super fast and super insane and uh, the kids they run upstairs and Davy sees the pictures on the walls and he realizes that this isn't his family that are on the walls um it's all of his previous victims and Davy's family are actually on the wall and they are the, they're basically next he is uh, their next victim and it's like this crazy over the top reveal and 
you kind of think, what? Like, sure, he was the killer this whole time? And not only that, but you assume at this point in time in the movie that Mr. Mackie's going to come in and we're going to get this kind of final showdown between the kids and Mackie. And then, you know, it's either going to be revealed that Nick is with Davy or she's with Mackie or something like that. Um, but that doesn't happen. Like, that doesn't happen. The way it's built up is you would assume that the kids are going to run up the stairs and Mr. Mackie's going to catch them. That doesn't happen. And that is the moment that this movie turns and the moment that you think, what the fuck's going on here? Something's not quite right. This isn't following the formula of this movie. And surprisingly, they just get out of the house, they go to the police station, and they show the police, the footage that they found in Mackie's house. And they, basically, the police believe them and the parents believe them and they're all of a sudden these heroes and you think, what? Like, what's happened here? Like, where's the showdown? Where is the arrest? How have they got Mackie? Where's Mackie? It's just, it's just such a strange setup that you assume that there's going to be this big showdown between the kids and eventually they're going to get and Mackie's going to get arrested. But that just doesn't happen. And you think, what? I was like, what's going to happen here? And it almost feels like this is the end of the movie because we go to Woody and Davy, who are in Davy's bedroom. They're back home in the, in, after being at the police station. And they kind of look at each other and the way that the scene is shot is almost as if they're saying, well, he's out there. He's not going to go. He's not going to get far, you know, because they're going to... There's a manhunt out for him. Um, and then it kind of goes black and you think, is that the end of the movie? Because, like, what the fuck? Like, he just did it and didn't get caught and that's fine? Like, it was just such a strange scene. And then, boom, it's like the final 15 minutes of the movie starts. And I actually don't know if this was a thing, but it was 12.15 on the clock, I believe, or 2.15 on the clock. So I don't know whether that was basically a countdown to say 15 minutes to go. Maybe I'm looking into that too much, but it definitely felt like that it was there for... Because it's 15 minutes dead on pretty much left of the movie. And this is where this final 15 minutes of the movie goes in a completely different direction. Um, so you think that uh, everything's okay. You think they've got away with it. And then... No. I mean, the dad, to be fair as well, the dad it has apologised to them. They said he's really sorry, he's really proud of them. Um, but Mackie has gone missing. Um, but yeah, the kids just the kids just uh, think that they're not the heroes. If this was me, I would have demanded to stay in police custody until Mr. Mackie was caught because he already know that Mr. Mackie is coming after you. Like he is, you've, you've already confirmed his next, you're, you've already confirmed you're his next target. I would be in the police station. I would be like, people on the door, keep me in this police station until you've caught Mackie. There's absolutely no way I would go home. And uh, yeah, so we get to the final 15 minutes of the movie. And then it, this is where it gets dark. This is where the movie goes fucking overdrive. And the there's a, uh, a shot of the hallway in Davy's house. And then the, the stairs, the, the attic stairs come down. And Mackie was in the attic the whole time, waiting on Davy and Woody to go to sleep. Now, one thing I will question about this is, how shit are the other cops in this town that Mackie would hide in 
their attic and know that the cops aren't going to look in there. Like that, he, they're on this, they're having this, they're having this, you know, you know the, the, this massive search for Mr. Mackey around town. And they wouldn't check, a, do a thorough sweep of this house, including the attic. He's like their next victim. Like, or, you know, they're his next victim. You would be demanding the police looked all over this place. And instead, they just kind of just ignore it, very much Black Christmas style, obviously because they've got the, the body in the attic. And it's like, if they had just looked in the attic, they would have found him. But no, they didn't. And I think Mr. Mackey knows how poor the cops are in the town. And that's probably why... And you can get away, he could get away with that. But I was like, holy shit, what the fuck? So Mackie comes down. The music is fucking awesome in this scene. Uh, as Mackie walks into the bedroom um, in his cop uniform. Just this great score. And he's just looking down on Davy and Woody. And he's like, I'm going to fuck you guys up. Brilliant. Absolutely fucking awesome scene and uh, he kidnaps Davy and Woody and he takes them out onto this island for a game of manhunt manhunt is the game that the kids have been playing around the neighborhood the whole the whole movie he takes them down to this um to this lone island and he's gonna get play a game of manhunt for real with them and he just stalks them through the woods and uh they find a load more bodies there that obviously he has just dumped there so he knows that at this point in time as soon as they see the bodies they know they're fucked because they know the police don't ever come to this area because otherwise if they did they would see a load of fucking dead bodies that he's dumped here um and woody oh man this scene this scene is awesome and so upsetting at the same time so we know there's no escape for them, but we still think that they're going to get away with it. And Woody is terrified. He really is. And he, like I say, Caleb Emery, who plays Woody, just does such a fucking awesome job. And he is basically saying to Davey, you know, oh, I, I, my mum needs me. My mum needs me. I can't, I can't die. I don't want to die. My mum needs me. And I'm just like, oh, Woody, so heartbreaking. And... You kind of feel like he's going to be okay because of how the movie has played out so far anyway. But just that whole... They just plant that seed in your head with that line of, you know, my mum needs me, I can't die. And I was just like, oh, Woody, this is so upsetting. Um, and Davey gets his uh, ankle slit and then Davey's bit... Um, Mackie basically says, stay there, I'm coming back for you in just a moment. And... It's just this intense scene where Davy is screaming, Woody is coming, Woody is coming, run, run. Mackie rugby tackles Woody to the ground. And even then you think, surely not. Surely the cops are going to turn up at this point. Surely Woody somehow is going to get away with it. But then Woody, he just grabs Woody by the neck and slits his throat. And blood splurting out, then he chokes him and... Woody dies and it's just like what the fuck honestly god the first time I watched this movie I just sat up at that point I was like what the fuck what the fuck like Woody is one of he's the most beloved character in the whole movie and they kill him like just slit his throat like a pig it's like oh my god I was like nothing's off limits here now and it's so sad it really is because Davy he finds Woody's body and he's crying the emotion the whole emotion in this scene 
for not just them, for us, because it's intense, it's shocking, it's gut-punching, it's everything that just makes this scene, it really does. And this is the this is the moment in the film that I was shaking. I was shaking it was that damn good. And um, Mackie grabs Davy and basically says, "You." and the, the, again, the emotion from everyone in this scene, from Mackie to Davy, the way Mackie puts this across, Davy's reaction, the way they're acting, it's fucking incredible. And Mackie just says, you stole my life. You stole my life. You know, you don't get to be sorry because Davy's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He's like, you don't get to be sorry. You stole my life. You did this. All you had to do was leave me alone. You know, killing isn't good enough for you. You stole my life. And I was just like, fucking hell, man, this is deep like because you it's just takes this dark turn and you're like i was not ready i was not mentally prepared for this i was mentally prepared for it the second time because i knew what was coming but even then i still wasn't prepared for for what i was getting put in front of me that that second time even though i knew it was coming i was still like holy shit man this is just insane and he basically says i'm not gonna kill you but i'm gonna leave you basically knowing that I'm going to come back for you one day and I am going to kill you. You're going to live the rest of your life in fear. You are going to live the rest of your life paranoid, looking over your shoulder and not knowing that today is going to be the last day of your life because one day it will be and one day I'll be there. I was just like, fucking hell. That is something that we don't really ever explore in horror movies is the impact that it's going to have on the main on the main kid and with Davy for example he's basically got the worst fate possible because not only has his best friend been killed um that he is now going to have to live the rest of his life knowing that one day Mackie is going to come for him and is going to kill him now I tell you what if that was me I mean you've got there's a couple of things that you could you couple of ways you could do it you could either take the bad, the cheap route out and kill yourself because you know one you think well what is this life going to entail because you are essentially you know living in fear for the rest of your life or you could embrace it from that moment in time you could go to mma classes go to the gym fucking bulk the shit up and then wait for mr mackey you are prepared for when he comes knocking that you can get this fucker the second time round so we don't really see which way he goes um, because obviously that's talking years in the future, but fucking hell, man. What a dark fucking ending this really is. Um, and uh, as the co- the cops come in, they find Davy, they find um, Woody, and they're taking... Oh, no, it's a, I don't think it's a cop. It's just like some random guy, I think. I'm not sure if it's a cop or a random guy. I'm not sure. But they drive past uh, Mr. Mackey's car and it's burnt out, so he's gone he's disappeared who knows where he is and um yeah we kind of see the aftermath of davy just living in fear you know he's curled up in a ball in his room terrified to leave the house but yeah it's one of those things you would have to do it one way or the other you would have to embrace it you know train your fucking ass off every day for the rest of your life and prepare for another showdown with him but again you could end up, you could be talking like 30 years down the line, 20 years down the line. David could get married, he could have kids, and then Mackie could come and 
get them. It's just no life, is it? It's no life. Um, you'd have to go into witness protection or something like that. But that doesn't happen for David because we see the aftermath of his life. Um, and he's just he's just broken. You know, Mackie has broken him. And then we get this... this um, fantastic wraparound scene at the end and this is a this was because you're already so shocked about what you've just seen this wraparound scene it's basically a copy of what happens at the start of the movie where Davy is riding his bike delivering the papers he's riding his bike delivering his papers and it's just this dark ending where we see Woody's house being foreclosed so whether you know the mum has killed herself or you know couldn't afford the house without da- without Woody, rather. We don't really find that out for certain. Um, I would assume she's died because the house is, you know, not for sale. It's foreclosed. I don't know. I would presume she's killed herself, succumbed to her alcoholism, and died. Uh, we see Nikki getting driven away by her parents, so she's moving away. So he doesn't even have Nikki to fall back on. Uh, we we see Faraday and uh, Tommy dismantling the treehouse, um, and they don't even look at him. Uh, we drive past Mister Mackey's house, and it's all taped up. It's just like the complete because the first scene in the movie the first version of this is quite upbeat quite light-hearted you know hey you could be living next door to a serial killer that's what makes it fun and then the second one is you could be living next door to a serial killer you know you this could happen to you just such a dark ending uh and then we see a final shot of the newspaper which basically says that the Kate may slayer is still out there still at large um and that's the end of the movie. And I was... It just... Oh, honestly, I know I've kind of rambled on a bit here in that blow-by-blow, blow, trying to kind of piece it all together, try to keep it all together in some sort of format. But man, honestly, I can't say enough good things about this movie. I just fucking love it. I hope you enjoyed it too, because... Um, if you've got to this point in the podcast, I hope you've watched the movie because it's just such a fucking awesome movie. I just absolutely adore it. And uh, yeah, it's a one that I am definitely going to be re-watching multiple times. I just pff, fell in love with the movie. Um, it was bold. It was fantastic. The setting, the actors, um, everything. Couldn't go. I, I, I couldn't say enough good things about it. I'm probably going to give it a nine out of 10, 9.5 out of 10. It's that damn good. It's so good. I say, if you haven't seen it, I've spoiled the shit out of it now, so it's probably ruined, but still go and see it. Even if you've got to this point in the podcast and you haven't seen the movie, it's just, and it's all spoiled. Go and go and watch it. It's worth it. Honestly, it's still one of my top, 10 of the 2010 it's still my number three or four i can't remember where i placed it but i just love it i absolutely adore this movie so yeah go 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 and watch this movie it's on shudder and then while you're there go and check out some of shudder's other awesome stuff you might as well um so yeah um so to end the movie we're going to talk about a little bit of trivia about the movie uh, summer of 84 and some of this trivia i was surprised with i was actually like wow that was really clever and how I didn't notice it in the movie, but they, you know, it's there. So yeah, I hope you enjoy this trivia. This is really, really good stuff. So let's get started. Um, the fictional, the fictional arcade game Polybius of urban legend appears in the background of the bowling alley with an out of order sign on it. Uh, Cruel Summer by Bananarama plays while they are riding their BMXs. Exactly the same positioning in the Karate Kid with Daniel Larusso 
riding his BMX to the same track. A cool nod, considering it was also released in the summer of 84. Um, when the boys are in the clubhouse talking about Nicky, Tommy is seen drinking a bottle of McCready's whiskey. This is a nod to The Thing 1982, where Kurt Russell's character RJ McCready drinks J&B Scotch whiskey at different points in the movie. Uh, at some, at one point, Mackie mentions to David that he has a couple of walkies, uh, walkie-talkies retired from the police force that he can borrow, saying that they can pick up everything, which implies that Mackie has been listening in on all the boys' communications. That blew my mind, and I was saving it for this point because I wanted to just quickly touch on that. That blew my mind, so Mackie was aware that they were onto him the whole damn time fuck's sake man absolutely brilliant uh in mackie's secret lockup is a volkswagen beetle the same make of car owned by serial killer ted bundy and finally at one point mackie tells to davy that when his father moved into the neighborhood 15 years ago he helped him move stuff into the attic at the end of the movie mackie hides in the same attic to escape the police and kidnap Davy and Woody. So he knew the, the, the layout of the house. He knew the attic. It's all there in plain sight. Man, I just can't say enough good things about this damn movie. I absolutely love it. I absolutely adore this movie. Uh, so yeah, please check it out. I, I've probably spoiled the shit out of it right now, but please, please check it out. I just absolutely love it. So yeah, uh, that's Summer of 84 wrapped up in the bag. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed talking about it. Sorry it was just the ramblings of a madman. It wasn't wholly structured as it normally is, but damn, I just had so much to say on this movie. So I hope I I got it all out there in bits and pieces. It might have been all over the place, but I got my thoughts out there on this movie. I just fucking love it. Um, So yeah, next week on the show, we are going to be doing my number one movie in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. It's Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. I don't want to dream no more. Sorry, I just had to. Um, So yeah. Dream Warriors we're doing next week on the show. Um, I kind of said when we did our Nightmare on Elm Street ranking that I was going to do that movie at some point. I've just been in a real mood to watch Dream Warriors this week. So next week on the show, we're going to be talking about Dream Warriors. And then the week after that, on Saturday... Well, it's not going to come on this day, but on Saturday the 17th of April, I'm going to Fear Fields, which is a scare attraction uh, in Skipton here in the north of England. It's around about 90 minutes, uh, an hour and 40 minutes from my house so me and a mate are going down there to experience that so the week after that i'm gonna have a full review of fear fields here on the show and then we'll talk more movies after that so that's basically the next two episodes that you have to look forward to coming your way if you haven't done so already please give us a like on facebook slash a street podcast on facebook and if you're listening to us on itunes please do leave us a five-star review it would be massively massively appreciated um i actually saw a buzzfeed article i think it was today or some sort of feed article uh, and it was basically the top 60 horror movie podcasts that you should check out in 2021 and we were number 12 out of 60 so i was like holy shit that's fucking awesome and one of my favorite podcasts out there the evolution of horror podcast was like number eight so i was like what so like we're four places below like evolution of horror which is fucking like literally uh, I obviously enjoy doing this podcast, don't get me wrong. 
But Evolution of Horror is the best horror movie podcast out there. It is fucking insane how well it's done. Like, they've done ridiculous amount of episodes now, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of episodes. It's based here in the UK. Um, they are the best, you know. So I, to be even on the same list as them, I was like, holy shit, that's fucking awesome. So yeah, just something to throw out there. Um, so yeah, but give us a review if you have time. That would be awesome. And uh, it helps more people check out the show, more people get in on the show. So that's great stuff. So yeah, uh, thank you everyone for listening. I hope you all had a great time with me this week. I will see you all next week when we do Dream Warriors. And uh, yeah, have a great week. Have a safe week. You know, lockdown is lifting here in the UK. Good times are on their way. (laughs) So I will see you all then. Have an awesome week, everyone. And in the meantime, remember, there's only one thing left to do, and that is to stay scared. My eyes are deceiving me. What you see is real. What's done is done and what I've done is right. It's the work of science. Yeah.